0: Guys, thank you this morning and thank you choir for that special song. That's one of my favorites, Stan and Lisa and Trey, y'all did awesome. It's one of those songs where the longer it goes, uh, you start hearing less from up here and more from out here. Uh, You guys started singing, it felt like. You can't help it um, when... We're singing about our salvation and what Christ has done for us. I got saved is the name of the song. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I mean, the the fact that God has done this for us, uh, an amazing, remarkable thing. Uh, We we sang today about the love of God throughout all of our worship time, about how He did something that is is not to be taken for granted. It is an old, old story we sang today, uh, but it doesn't need to get old and tired. In our hearts. And when we're faced with such a salvation, it ought to make a difference in our lives a a noticeable difference, a a forever difference. We ought to be able to say, I was never the same. Uh, Before that time, I went to the cross and Jesus took hold of me. I was never the same again after that. And that's what we're looking at today in the Ephesian letter in chapter 3. If you have a Bible, if you'll turn there with me. Ephesians chapter 3 will begin in verse 14, and if you don't have a Bible today, these words will be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible in your life, uh, we don't want anyone leaving here today without a good, reliable copy of God's Word, and so we have those uh, at no cost to you set out on the table in the back, uh, good uh, copies of Scripture, a faithful translation, and so you grab that if you need it. It's no problem at all. That's what they're there for, and we want you to have it, okay? Ephesians chapter 3, Paul begins a prayer of sorts. Uh, The human author of this is the Apostle Paul. Of course, we know all Scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is God-breathed, the Bible tells us. This is literally the Word of God and the words of God. Uh, But through human agency here, the Apostle Paul is the one who who penned uh, this letter, to the Ephesian church who he loved dearly and who was struggling in their faith to know that it's for real, that it's lasting. The question on their minds might've been, are are we good enough? Are we good enough to be included with with, with the the historic people of God? And the answer of course is no, they're not good enough either. We are all saved. We are all one by the grace of God and nothing more. And so there is security and assurance to know that yes, Gentiles, uh, yes, those in in, in far flung places, yes, those in poverty and and in wealth, uh, yes, all can be saved because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the one who saves and there's confidence here. And so Paul has been writing this and teaching them and trying just to drive it home I mean, just to, over and over, just uh, saying much to help them to get this before he maybe goes to his own death and execution at the hands of the Romans. And so he's writing this here to them to, to assure them that they are, that they are included, that, the, that God loves them. And he begins at this point to pray. He began to pray At the beginning of this chapter, you remember last week, he said, for this reason, I bow the knee, and then he stopped and went on a little rabbit trail, Uh, and so now he comes back around in verse 14, for this reason again, he bows the knee before God the Father, and so let's read this together, it's a short little section of Scripture, a prayer of Paul for these people he loves. For this reason, what's the reason? The reason is all the great things God has done for the Gentiles. And here's just a review from chapter 2. He told them, but God being rich in mercy before, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. You remember verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, you remember verse 19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That's the reason he's talking about. For this reason, the mighty things that God has done, the, the certainty and the, the completeness of his love, with which, which he has reached out and drawn you in. For this reason, I bow my knees, before the Father, this was a strange thing to do to pray in this posture. Uh, usually and still uh, Jewish people you'll see them in what posture of prayer, standing and moving. If you ever watch them in, uh, in the holy city, before that old wall foundation of the temple, as they stand there they put their petitions to God on paper slips in the cracks of the mortar there they stand there and they rock back and forth. It was an, a rare thing to. Bend the knee in that day. Not anymore, but then it was. It was a a profound thing. He bows the knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, the word rooted there can be of a, of a tree, uh, but this is a, a metaphor of a building here. It's talking about the deeply dug foundation pillars that would, would hold something to the earth. But you, being rooted and founded like a foundation, rooted and grounded in love, may be fully able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth. And length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God, or to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is a prayer, and this prayer is a glimpse into God's own heart for us today. Yes, for the Ephesians, but uh, it's God's heart, it's God's desire, it's God's plan. For all of his redeemed. What does he want for us then? I think, there are, I think there are four desires here we need to look at together. The first is this we see that God desires us to have him as a mighty source of strength. The opening of this letter is filled with imagery of God's strength, of God as all powerful and the possessor of all things. The first one is this this bowing of the knee. This only happened on occasions such as a temple dedication or consecration of a child where people would bow the knee before God and honor him as the, the, the one beholder of all things and giver of all things. The second is this, this, this notion of a family name. It took me a while to, to kind of sort through what this means. Why is this in scripture? Why is he telling them or praying <clears throat> that, that every family in heaven and on earth is named after God. This is a, a, a manner of saying God is the source of every person on earth. If I have a child, guess what his last name is going to be? It better be Vandegrift, right? And so we're going to name him uh, If If my son has a child and his son has a child and on and on, they'll be able to go all the way back and say, hey, that goes back to my great, 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 whatever granddad. Uh, My middle name is a strange one. You might know what it is. It has two R's. Forrest. That's my middle name. Don't shout it out. Do not shout it out. Uh, But uh, it's it's Forrest. And my mother sent me a genealogy recently on my phone. We could go back. We always wondered where this came from. It ends up, it came from Atlanta. Even though we're from Chattanooga, it came from Atlanta, a distant grandfather, my grandfather's dad's dad was the first one with that name and we've all ever since then we have all down through the generations had that name Jackson has that name as we speak maybe it'll continue on if it doesn't we'll write you out of the will but uh not that there's not that that's very much of a threat but uh anyway the picture here is of God. Bending the, we're bending the knee uh, to show God is the giver of all things. We're, 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 telling, we're praying that, that you will understand that, that, that God is the one from whom everybody is named. There is no tribe, there is no clan, there is no group over here that does not owe their existence and their destiny to God. It's not like God has a, a bubble of a realm And then over here, there's some other realm uh, for which uh, they're not named after God, or they don't uh, owe to him as progenitor. They don't owe to him as as their source. God is the source of all things. And the final picture here is, is that they would be blessed with strength, according to what? According to the riches of his glory. What kind of riches do you suppose that is? Those are vast riches. If you walked out in the parking lot today and a billionaire came up to you. I don't know if you know any billionaires but you might recognize them by their entourage and by whatever they're driving or riding in. You're walking out to your car with your kids or with your husband or wife, <clears throat> you're going out there and a billionaire comes up to you and says, "Hey, I'm here today. I know it's a surprise. I know you don't know me and I don't know you, but just out of out of surprise today, I'm going to bless you." He pulls out his wallet and a thick, huge wad of cash is there. By the way, if that happens, you text me. i want to come out too. But uh, he says, uh, he said, I'm going to bless you today. And he pulls off a crisp, beautiful, oh, just smells like money, $5 bill, and gives it to you and says, I hope this means something to you. What has he done? Has he blessed you according to the riches of his glory? He's blessed you out of the riches of his glory, but that is not according to the measure and the scale of what he possesses. God, on the other hand, uh, the desire here of God's heart is to bless us, to be strengthened, that we would have power according to what? According to the riches of his great glory. We, we have access to a God today who is a mighty source of strength. Praise God that he is the singular source of greatest power, God himself and him alone. And in the battle for victory in our lives, in the battle to not just have been saved, but to live forever saved, in that battle we have the access to the all-changing, all-powerful, all-giving God. I want to ask you this morning, Is do you find that you cling to other sources of strength? As a Christian walking in faith after Jesus Christ, isn't it such a temptation that, that we, just, we just hold on to other things, other sources that affirm who we are, other sources of confidence, other notions of comfort and calm and strength and mission and purpose? We hang on to those things. Don't we? Don't do that. Lay it down. Are you living victoriously today? That's God's prayer for you. That's Paul's prayer for you. That's God's desire for you. Lay those things down and live according to the riches of the glory of God. But secondly, he wants us to have a mighty source of strength, but he also wants us to have an open home for his presence. In verse 17, there's a strange little phrase that Christ may dwell in in your hearts through faith. What does this mean? The the Gentiles, these people, the Ephesians, already belong to Jesus. He already dwells within them, uh, so to speak. I mean, that's a reality for them already. So why then is it being asked here that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith? It has to do with the uh, two meanings of the word dwell. Dwell can mean just to occupy a space. We're dwelling here right now. There you are, there I am. Uh, Or it can mean that the place of life or the act of having a life. And all that goes with that, all the energy of dwelling, the place where life occurs. If I went to your house today and walked in there, it's going to smell like you're cooking, right? And what you like to season things with. It's going to smell like, maybe smell like your dog or your litter box. Hopefully not your litter box, but you're, you know, it's going to smell like you, isn't it? And if I walk back to the bathroom, I'm going to find the toothpaste brand that you like to use. That's the one that you like. If I go and look at the decorations, it's going to look like your personality. It's going to be uh, what you want. If I go to the closet, I'm going to find your clothes. Uh, All the evidence of the outworking of life is going to be there in the place where you dwell. That's the place where life happens. And the idea here is that the Lord, that Jesus himself, would make his home in our heart in such a way that if we were to look inside of our heart, of our inner being, that there would be no mistaking who lives there, that it would be Jesus's priorities. It would be Jesus's purpose for you. It would be Jesus's preference. It would be his righteousness. All the outworking of who he is would be evident in your heart. The Bible here and the Apostle Paul has used the word (coughs) mystery uh, to describe the the, the salvation of all, the the offer of salvation to all mankind. The idea here is that the mystery should not remain a mystery to those of us who know him. To those of us who can sing along with what you guys sing, I got saved. The mercy of Jesus, it undid me. I mean, I'm a a part of Because of the mercy of Jesus, I'll never be the same. Have you opened the doors of your heart? Have you opened them wide for Christ to make his home in there? Is that a reality for you today? Is there reason to believe, if we could see inside, is there reason to believe that the Lord Jesus truly enjoys lordship within you? God's loving desire for you today is that the life of Christ would find itself on display in you and in me in all of who we are. That's the prayer today. It's a mighty source of strength. Don't go on without a mighty source of strength. Don't go on without making yourself an open home for his presence. But thirdly, don't go on without living a deep well of love. This is very interesting to me here. And honestly, this whole passage is hard to understand for me. But uh, we see in verse 17 to 19 that uh, another part of the prayer comes in view. That we, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, the metaphor is of a home or a building, a structure. If you remember back to chapter 2, that metaphor is there as well. That we're being built together. Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone on the foundation of the, uh, the apostles and the prophets. Uh, the the metaphor of a building here, you being rooted and grounded in love, that's a reality. You, if you're saved, you have the foundation laid there, and it's a deep-rooted foundation. It is grounded. It's not going anywhere. It is Jesus who saves, and when he saves, he doesn't let others pluck you out of his hand. The Bible teaches that. And so the foundation is there for the Gentiles. The foundation is there for the Ephesians, that they've been saved, that you, yes, being rooted and grounded in love, <clears throat> the prayer is that you may be fully able or have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the, and it goes on to continue the building metaphor, not that you would just know the foundation, but that you would see the fruition and the fulfillment of the breadth of God's salvation in your life. That you, that, you, that you will understand this, the, the height of this building he's building with you. The depth of that building and structure, the length of what he's doing, that the whole dimension of the whole place would be a reality in your life. That you may even know the love of Christ, that you might, not, that you might know the unknowable thing. The love of Christ which what? Surpasses knowledge. It goes beyond knowledge that God would make that known to you. We had a <clears throat> little flood in the youth area last week. Uh, I don't know, you know why it didn't rain that hard, but a few issues that some great men in our church have come here and spent a lot of time exploring this week to try to clean up and fix for the next time. But <clears throat> water came in. It came flooding in through the beneath us right here. Uh, it came right out here down the gutters, down the downspouts. It leaked in some way, went through that dirt, <clears throat> went into the youth area, into the carpet. It smelled bad, uh, you know, just sitting there to squishy on your feet and uh, threatened some of our electronics, which, uh, praise the Lord, we're not harmed in that. But on Wednesday night, I walked down there to <clears throat> just to say hi, and I saw Fletcher up under the... If you go down there, there's a little miniature door you can go through and get up under here. There's old dirt, 70-year-old dirt down there, that fine powdery, you know what, you know, that fine powdery dirt that's been under there in the darkness and the silence and the coolness for 70 years is sitting right, right underneath us right now. Fletcher was up under there trying to figure things out, and several of our students had been <clears throat> sent up under there too. If you have teenagers, that's what we're going to do to them if they come here. We're going <laughs> to throw them up under the basement, but uh, they were up under there trying to help out as well and trying to figure this thing out. You get up under there, you can see the block that's there and and you can see the vents and you can see the beams that are under us. You're you're sitting on 70-year-old beams right now, right? That's faith, okay? And so they're they're underneath there, the dirt's there. There's an old baptismal pool uh, made out of brick, a, a big pool that was the outdoor baptistry for the old building that sat right here. It would have been behind the previous building to this one and they could the students could see all of that <clears throat> I mean just as it was right at the beginning when they just set out to build this place those blocks were set there by someone what if that was enough I mean what if instead of filling the dimensions of this room today and really filling it with the the, the, the breadth and the the height and the depth and the the length and uh, what what if we just 70 years ago they just laid the foundation some blocks, some bricks, some dirt, and said, you know what, that's cool, we're done, we wouldn't have any of this today. The Bible here is praying, Paul is praying, God is teaching us here, it is not enough uh, for a saved person to simply just be satisfied, hey, the foundation's laid, the anchors are dug, deeply rooted and firmly grounded. Praise God, we are to grow, uh, we are to construct with God a building here with all the saints. Our life ought to grow into something else beyond just the foundation. And so I ask you today, if God wants you to experience the full expanse of his love, including what it can accomplish in our life and in our world, do you see that in your life this morning Or have you been one who just said, okay, I checked the box, I walked the aisle, I went to the waters, God saved me, the foundation is here, but you haven't built on it, you haven't grown in it, there has been no enjoyment, you have not known the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and you do not know the love of Christ that surpasses knowing because you just kind of stayed happy right there. That's not what God wants for us. He wants to do something better. Salvation, as glorious an act of God's grace as it is, is just the beginning of what God desires to reveal to those who will walk with him. Is that you this morning? Will you walk with God this morning? Will you see a year from now that it's still just the foundation? Will you see five years from now when your kids are born or when your kids are grown When the grandkids come along, will you see uh, all these years and all this time with the God of the ages and I've just been happy with what's laid out there? I've just been happy with the foundation. Or are you building something to the glory of God, to your good, to the salvation of the world? But the fourth is this, the fourth prayer is a full measure of promise, a full measure of promise. The prayer is this, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. What does this mean? What's the Bible trying to say here? This is a plea that the Colossians would personally experience, the full measure of the abundant gift for which Christ gave his life. You see this cup of water here? Pretend like that's God's, uh, the the measure of the fullness of God. Pretend like that, that God has a purpose for you, and here's the fullness of it right here at the rim is the fullness of what has, God has planned and purposed for your life. The, the fullness of blessing, the fullness of achievement, of victory for, for, for what matters to him. There's the fullness of it. The Bible is praying that, 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 that we wouldn't just be satisfied with just, just a little bit, but that we, would, that, that we would have all the fullness of what God, the volume of what God has set us out to be and to do. What he purposed us for in Christ Jesus. I know y'all love the bulldogs, and uh, you love watching the the games. There's times that you ask me, did I watch the game, and I say, no, I didn't. Then you say, did you listen to the game? I said, no, I did not. And uh, you say, did you know the score? I said, yes, I barely know the score. I I watched the I watched the uh, updates on my phone, and you look back at me with utter disgust. You know, like. How could you do that? You know, when you could, when you could watch it, when you could watch it. Uh, what if you got an invitation to come down to Sanford Stadium, right? What if, you, what if you got an invitation to come down there with you and your kids, your grandkids, your family, Said, hey, we got these special things for you. Come down 50-yard line right there on the field. I'm having to read these names because I have no clue who they are. But uh, it said you, you get to meet Kirby Smart, you know. And he's going to hang out with you for a minute. He had some, some pal time with him, and he'll sign whatever you want, and he's got some swag for you, and Stetson Bennett's going to be there. Uh, he's going to do some passing with your kids on the field. Out on, out on the field with Georgia that they play on, he's going to pass with your kids, and uh, this is all for you. It's open to you. It's this weekend. What would you say? Most of you say, yes, I'm going, right? What, what would, would you even conceive of saying, no, that's okay, it's all right, I'm going to sit with my pastor and just get the updates on the phone. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. That would be ridiculous. And if you missed out on that, somehow, way, you missed out on that, it, you would be talking about that forever, about what you missed, the regret of your life. You had this chance and somehow you flubbed it. Your car broke down or there was uh, something else you had to do or your alarm didn't go off and you missed it. I mean, you would, that would be forever in your mind. The prayer here is far, far greater than the Georgia Bulldogs, that you may be filled up to the measure of all the fullness of God. You've been given an invitation. You've been given tickets to walk with God in your salvation, to grow with him into a holy temple, to, <clears throat> to know the full dimension And depth of all that. Why is it that we sometimes find it easy? We sometimes find it easy to say, it's okay, Lord. Yes, I know the the full measure. Yes, I know the backstage passes and the full package that you're offering me. But it's easy for us sometimes to just say, it's all right. I don't need the full measure of victory. I don't need the full measure of companionship and blessing. I don't need the full measure of comfort. I don't even need the full measure of knowledge. A prayer of access, I'm pretty okay just where things are at. The message here is that we, friends, live this. That we live this. It's not a one-time thing with a foundation that's been laid. That we live this. Are you experiencing the full blessings of God? Do you know the delight of living in real fellowship with him? Are you making the difference in God's world that he has set out, that he intends for you to make? Are you marching in his victories? Are you a stakeholder? Are you leaning in to the work of God? Is this something that's a reality in your life? He has prepared all this for us. Let him fill up the measure of your life today. What strikes me about this section of Scripture is that Paul was praying in concert with the heart of the Ephesians. This is what they wanted too, but they weren't sure about it, if they could really have it. Are you, is God praying, is Paul praying in concert with your heart today? Is your heart aligned with what God clearly wants for us is this a prayer that finds agreement in your spirit this morning ask him to make it true ask him to make it a reality this is not a God who sits back and says no haha you had your chance and pushes us off this is a God who answers and the last thing I want you to know about this text is this is personal The whole whole idea of the letter to the Ephesians is that salvation and walking with Christ is not a them thing. It's not just for those people. It's for you. It's a you thing. It's not just for others. This means business with your heart this morning. Are you willing to do that business with God? Trey, we sang with you earlier, I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. Well, I've been something and made right. What is it? I've been restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I want Jesus. How could I want more? It's not we're undone by the mercy of Jesus. Now, it could, we could rightly say that, but the finger today is pointed at your heart. It is not enough. It is not enough that you have a good church It is not enough you've got a good life group. It is not even enough that you have the the knowledge, the knowledge of what is in here. None of that is enough. If you are not willing to build on the foundation, the finished work of Christ is finished. But if you won't build on it, you're going to miss out on so much that God wants you to know and wants your kids to know. And the the rich, generational, eternal blessings of pouring this out to kids and grandkids and and into God's world, we're going to miss it all. This is a personal thing. I'm undone. Are you, have you truly, are you undone by the mercy of Jesus? He undoes us to remake us. What do you find yourself being made into? Let me pray for us. Just a moment. I'd be honored to offer you a time of response. This is serious business. I know it's hot in here today, it is to me. I know it's early on a Sunday. I know those places to go. The Prince of the Power of the Air is mightily at work our adversary the devil is scheming and he would love to use all of those things to push the mute button on what the Holy Spirit is saying to you today or or has been saying to you for some time now don't let him do that this morning if you need to pray to God right where you're at, that's fine. Use this moment as a powerful time to, to, to unburden yourself, to con- confess sin, to go to God uh, verbally or, 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 or quietly and, and just say, Lord, I, you know, I, I've been so happy for so long with just the foundation, Lord. I've lived that and I've missed out on a lot. Lord, I don't want to miss these days to come. I do not want to do it again. Help me to build, Lord. Help me to know what that means. Help me to know how to do it, God. Help me to know the fullness of the full dimension of the place and the structure you want to build in my life. Lord, I have not been filled to the fullness of God. Lord, if, if anything, if anything at all, it's just been a trickle in my life. Father, it's because I've clung to other things. It's because other sources of strength have meant more to me busyness and distraction and and father a a broken world has has tugged at me and father I belong to them really father take me fill me up to the measure of the fullness of God if you want to come today and be saved be saved today Uh, we'll walk with you through that we know what to do we won't embarrass you you can come for church membership or come for another decision You might be just walking through a time of pain right now and you need someone to pray with you or you need quietness to pray. That's okay. You can come up front and do that. You can do it where you sit. But whatever it is, whatever the Lord has spoken, you owe it to him to do what he says. Lord Jesus, thank you for the word of God and for trusting it to us. You are a good God. We don't even fully know all that that means. But Heavenly Father, I pray for myself today that you would make me one want, who wants to be filled up to the measure of the fullness of God who wants to end this life and leave a legacy and, and walk into eternity being able to say oh God uh, I have experienced the breadth and height and length and depth of what you intended for me through your given son the Lord Jesus Christ Father what could he- be more in heaven than what I've already seen of you and to marvel at your work there. Father, I pray that we would be serious about this before we leave here today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing, and as we do, I invite you to respond.